dreadful dungeons where he imprisoned the people and tortured them according to his wicked will. But he was not pleased to have only one castle, and he made up his mind to build another in Uri. So he began to build one near the little town of Altorf, which lay at the other end of the lake of the forest cantons. Gessler forced the men of Uri to build this castle, and he meant to use it not only as a house for himself, but as a prison for the people. "'What will you call your castle?' asked a friend one day, as they stood to watch the building. "'I will call it the Curb of Uri,' said Gessler, with a cruel laugh, "'for with it I will curb the proud spirit of these peasants.' After watching the work for some time, Gessler and his friend rode away. "'My friend,' said Gessler, as he rode, "'we will go back to Kisnacht by another way. "'I have heard that an insolent peasant called Werner Stoffacher "'has built himself a new house. I wish to see it. "'There is no end to the impudence of these peasants.' "'But what will you do?' asked his friend. "'Do?' said Gessler. "'Why, turn him out, to be sure. "'What need have these peasants for great houses?' So they rode on to Stoffacher's house. "'Whose house is this?' he demanded. Stoffacher answered quietly, "'My lord, this house belongs to the emperor, and is yours and mine in fifth to hold and use for his service.' "'I rule this land,' said Gessler, "'in the name of the emperor, and I will not allow peasants to build houses without asking leave. I will have you understand that.' And he rode from the doorway." Stoffacher told his wife what had happened, and she advised him to call a secret meeting of his friends to plan to free themselves from the governor's rule. Werner Stoffacher spent some days in going from village to village, trying to find out how the peasants and common people felt, and everywhere heard complaints and groans. Coming to Altorf, where his friend Walter first lived, he heard in the marketplace a great noise of shouting and trampling of feet. Down the street a party of Austrian soldiers came marching. One of them carried a long pole, and another a red cap with a peacock's feather in it. Then the pole with the red cap on the top of it was firmly planted in the ground. As soon as the pole was set up, a herald stepped out, blew his trumpet, and cried, "'See ye this cap here set up?' It is his majesty's will and commandment that ye do all bow the knee and bend the head as ye do pass it by. This was a new insult to a free people. Stoffacher went to the house of Walter I, where he met Arnold of Melchthal, who had suffered much from Landenburg. Calling upon God and his saints, these three men swore a solemn oath to protect each other and promised to meet in a little meadow called the Rutli the Wednesday before Martinmas. Three weeks passed, and in the darkness and quiet the men stole to the place of meeting with other friends of freedom whom they had brought. Near Walter First stood a young man, straight and tall, with clear and honest eyes. "'William Tell,' said Arnold, "'and the best shot in all Switzerland. I have seen him shoot an apple from a tree a hundred paces off.' Then they swore never to betray each other, to be true to the emperor, but to drive the Austrian governor, his friends, his servants, and his soldiers out of the land." Chapter 2. William Tell and His Great Shot William Tell did not live in Altorf, but in another village some way off, called Berglen. His wife, who was called Hedwig, was Walter Fur's daughter. Tell and Hedwig had two sons, William and Walter. Walter the younger was about six years old. William Tell loved his wife and his children very much, and they all lived happily ever after in a pretty little cottage at Berglen. Hedwig, said Tell one morning, 
some days after the meeting mentioned above, I am going into Altorf to see your father. Hedwig looked troubled. Do be careful, William, she said. Must you really go? You know the governor is there just now, and he hates you. Oh, I'm quite safe, said Tell. I have done nothing for which he could punish me, but I will keep out of his way. And he lifted his crossbow and prepared to go. Do not take your bow, said Hedwig, still feeling uneasy. Leave it here. Why, Hedwig, how you trouble yourself for nothing, said Tell, smiling at her. Why should I leave my bow behind? I feel lost without it. Oh, father, where are you going? said Walter, running into the room at this minute. I am going to Altorf to see grandfather. Would you like to come? Oh, may I? May I, mother? Yes, dear, if you like, said Hedwig. And you will be careful, won't you? she added, turning to Tell. Yes, I will, he replied, and Walter, throwing his arms around her neck, said, It's all right, mother, I will take care of father. Then they set off merrily.